0: Once you start to anticipate what people are gonna say, then you do, you know how to adjust it. But there was also this weird problem that I was getting to where sleep is a big issue. And people are really struggling with depression, they're struggling with their marriages. And I, again, kinda when we decided to go to the courses, I knew, I had an hour long script in my head. I knew what to say, I knew what to say all the time. I started making like jokes sometimes about things. And I was like, I've gotta stop doing that. Like, this is really serious.
2: Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davey Jones. Today, we are chatting with sleep consultant Becca Campbell of Little Z Sleep. Becca helps parents get sleep through the night through teaching them how to train their babies to sleep through the night. While we do find some time to talk about sleep training tips and Chris and I's current struggle of moving Jack from two naps to one nap, We spend much of the episode learning how she built her business, and we chat about how she was able to move from a one-to-one service model to a one-to-many online course model. We cover how she used her one-on-one experience to create her online courses, what steps she took before creating her online courses, and how through creating online courses, she's better able to serve clients. Be sure to check out the show notes at DavyandKrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And I'd like to hear from you about what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands of Book podcast as we move forward. I'd also like to know what episodes have you enjoyed most so far and why. To leave your feedback, head on over to the Davy and Krista Facebook page and send us a message. Now, on to the episode. All right. Well, Becca, welcome to the Brands Book Show. I'm excited to have you on the show for a couple of reasons. One, because I'm excited to talk about the business aspect of things as well. But you being a sleep consultant, Jack is in the midst of uh, transitioning, it looks like, from one or two naps a day to one nap a day. Love to get maybe some insight into how to make that go more smoothly, but welcome to the show.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I love both of those things: business and sleep. I could talk about it all day.
2: Yeah, awesome. Well, well, we're in the right place then. But I would love to hear a little bit about how you get how you got started with sleep consulting for you know newborns, infants, uh, toddlers. So, how does one even get into kind of that industry?
0: Yes, well, I started by being a tired parent myself and not knowing <laughs> what I was doing. So I'm a former elementary school teacher, so I taught 3rd and 5th grade, and I like ever since I was little I always wanted to be a teacher. And you know, when you grow up you just think that always means oh, I'm going to be a classroom teacher. That's what it means when you're a teacher. You're in the classroom. And I loved it. I loved teaching elementary until I had our first daughter, and then all of a sudden I hated going to work every day. Um and I hated being in the classroom. I just wanted to be with her. And but at the same time we weren't Sleeping. So I went back to work when she was 12 weeks old and it was awful. It was terrible. We were waking up every 45 to 90 minutes throughout the night. I also then hated going to work, but I also didn't want to be with my kid because I wasn't, it was just, (laughs) it was awful. Everything was terrible. And I remember sitting down in the kitchen getting ready for work one morning and just Googling, how do you get your kid to sleep? Like not even how to sleep through the night. Like just how do you get a kid to sleep? Like I didn't know. And none of my friends really had, um, had kids yet. Or if they did have kids, it just seemed like it was super natural to them. So I didn't even know that this was something you're supposed to struggle with. So anyways, I Googled, I found some things and I was like, I'll just buy a book. A book will be totally fine. I can teach myself because hello, I have a master's in teaching. I can do this. (laughs) So I read the book and just part partway did it like i didn't really do it actually and it, of course it wasn't working cuz i'm not actually doing what i need to do um and about that time i was approached by a consultant who i had bought the book through and they were like hey how's it going i was like terrible it doesn't work <laughs> And they're like, well, maybe you need some help. And so I ended up working with someone and that was when it all clicked. So like when I had somebody to talk to, to problem solve with, to be accountable to, then within two weeks, my four month old was sleeping 12 hours all night. She was taking great, great naps. I was a completely different person. It was... Absolutely amazing. And so from that point, I was like, oh, this is a thing. People can like teach people how to get their kid to sleep. I think I want to do that. So I ended up applying to a certification program, told my principal like, hey, I'm not coming back. I had to skip standardized testing time to like go get certified, which was a big deal. But I was like, whatever, I don't care. I'm gone. Did that. Left at the end of the year, and everybody was like, Oh, you're going to take a couple of years off to take care of your kids. That's so great. I was like, No, this is what I'm doing now. I'm a sleep consultant. So I just dove headfirst in what was that, 2015. And here we are today.
2: Yeah, awesome. And and, uh, one of the reasons that, or I guess how I came to know you a little bit, was because we have a bunch of mutual friends, or at least uh, I have a bunch of friends who you've worked with, and they all rave about you and uh, how good you are at what you do. So I am, I am excited to dive a little bit more into actual tips for getting for getting children to <laughs> sleep. but it really does make such a big difference. I think the whole childbirth thing is it's so funny to look back on because it's this miraculous amazing thing. you know, but at the same time like I remember when we transitioned from getting next to no sleep at night, to getting sleep. So, we went through, you know, a similar, a similar thing. We we trained Jack uh, according to a program that we bought. And um, I remember kind of, it was around eight to 10 weeks and he started sleeping through the night, which was amazing. But then yeah. looking back on those eight to 10 weeks and wondering, how did I do that? You know, like it, it, while you're in it, I guess, uh, at least as long as it's not too long, it's, you know, you don't realize, you know, I guess how valuable sleep is, you know, but oh, then yeah. when you're looking back on it, you're like, how did I get through that time period. So
0: yeah, it becomes a blur. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. And then it's funny, you know, like, of course, it's not just, uh, or at least it wasn't for us. Like, you know, I remember the first time he slept through the night and how good I felt the next day. And then I remember a couple times that week, him not sleeping through the night anymore. And then all of a sudden me being very frustrated, like, why yes. is it? you know, don't make me go back there, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
2: So, um, but also interesting how many teachers that I talk to that become entrepreneurs, you know, there must be some, there, there must be some connection there. I think so. But you said you dove headfirst into uh, becoming a sleep consultant. How did yeah. you find your first first clients then?
0: So I actually, I went to the training and I had already had like my business cards printed. I had my website. Like I, I just thought, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Like I'm doing this full force. So I have everything ready. I go to training. I'm like the only one. I am the only one who was like, I know my business name. I know what I'm going to do, I know this. Like, so I think like when I even left to training, I had already started telling people like what I was going to do. And I kind of needed to anyways, because I mean, that was kind of crazy. My husband was also a teacher, so... Two teachers, why would one just quit? Like, what are you gonna do? So, we kind of started to tell people what I was doing, and then, like, literally the weekend I came back from training, I went to church on Sunday, and I like remember walking up the stairs to go talk to some people, and there was a girl that I knew just had a baby, and I knew she wasn't sleeping, and like, I walked straight up to her and I was like, Hi. I can actually help your baby sleep. I mean, like, how crazy is that? Because I literally <laughs> just got back from training. But I was like, I can help you. I can do this. And so we worked together. And then from there, I just I just was like, I feel like at the time I was just a machine. Like, I just was like telling people, I can help your problems. I can solve your problems. I can do all these things. It was just total fake it till they make it stuff. I like reached out to people, I sent emails, I sent Facebook messages like to anyone and anything that would like listen to me. And I just started like gathering clients and gathering clients. And it took about, I'd say like four months for it to feel like I wasn't on the hunt all the time. Mm -hmm. Like people were kind of starting to be like, oh, I heard so and so my neighbor told me blah, blah, blah. I was really active in a lot of Facebook groups. I would just insert myself into and host Q and A's or things like that. And finally, I think after a year is when it was like, I really didn't have to go hunt things down. Mm -hmm. It was like a lot of referrals coming through. So in the beginning, I was just like anybody who had ears and a kid who like was possibly not sleeping, I was going to come talk to you.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's awesome that you just put yourself out there uh, like that, because I think first of all, four months, you know, I guess being out of that phase where you don't always have to be on the hunt after four months, I feel like that's a pretty short amount of time when starting a business. So I just think it speaks to I guess how much you can speed up that, that period of time by putting yourself out there. And when you, when you approach that first person, like what was the pitch, you know, because at that point, right? Like you'd really just sleep, you know, sleep trained your own kid Mm -hmm. and then went to training. So it's not necessarily that you had like a a dozen case studies to talk about. So what was kind of, what was the pitch or did you just not even, you know, think about that? Did you just kind of focus on what you could do for them?
0: Yeah. A couple of things. We the girl that I, I first pitched to, she her daughter was the same age as my daughter, who I had like just sleep trained. Mm-hmm. And I knew because I could I heard her at church and things like that talking about how her kids slept terrible. And so like when I went to go talk to her, I remember kind of being like, Hey, is that still happening? Well, this is what I do now and this is what I'm training for. And I mean, I didn't ever when I say fake it till you make it, I never was like I am now an expert, and I can now solve your problems. I really was like, hey, I am starting this business, and I'm I just got trained in this, and to, to even go through the certification process, you needed to have three families within three months. Mm -hmm. And I was like, heck no, I'm having three families in one month. And I was like, we're doing this. I'm going to be the best. And so I just went to her and I was like, can you be one of my three, my first three families? And I was cutting like a super big deal. I forget what it was like, probably like a hundred bucks. Like I'll work with you and I'll give you all the support in the world. It'll just be this much. So I like cut a great deal. I just told her what I could do. And then I probably not even probably, I remember because I was so invested in it. Like I wanted to go above and beyond. So Mm -hmm. like I offered tech support all the time and all this stuff, like just everything possible to make sure that it was going to go well. But I think that was definitely like just the attitude of I'm going to go after you. I'm going to care about you and we're going to solve these things so that you can then go out and be a mouthpiece for me was like my my kind of like how I wanted to see it played out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And did it work out like with?
0: Yeah, actually, just the other day, I had a Q&A on Facebook and that girl popped in and said, hey, we're getting ready to have our second baby. What do we need to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, victory. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's awesome. I, be- I bet that felt really good seeing, you know, a first client come back, the first client.
0: Yes, for sure.
2: So in those early days, you basically just price yourself you know in order to get through those first three clients and mm-hmm. then how would you go about pricing yourself after that you know you don't you don't have to share uh, specific prices necessarily but yeah what did that process look like
0: yeah so i my goal was when school started back so we were living in Louisiana and they we let out in may and they started back up in august and so by the time august came around i was like i want to be making the same as my teacher salary so i kind of just tried to break down like how many people could i actually work with what does that look like and it took probably until like october October, November, I remember around like Thanksgiving, I was making like my teacher salary again. I also had my daughter with me though. And by then she was one and we were also pregnant with our second and we were going to be ready to move come the following spring. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to like, we're just going to do, and I'm just going to however much I can do kind of like you guys going to that one nap, like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can work during nap time and I can work in the evening. Um, My husband was a band director at the time. So like he was gone all evening and all weekends and I would just work anytime I possibly could. So I just tried to kind of Calculate out, like, okay, let's problem solve as if I never stopped working. I just have to make that income now. So I just really started there. And even looking back, I mean, I really only offered, I think. To, I only offered two packages, like a virtual um, one-on-one with text support and phone call support and everything all in or an in-person all in. And there was only like a $50 difference between the two because I really just didn't care. I was yeah. like, just just trust me. And I I just wanted to like really get as much experience as possible.
2: Sure. And for the in-person stuff, like you actually went to their homes before bedtime or during naps. What did that look like?
0: Yeah, so I tested out a, a kind of a bunch of different packages, and a lot of consultants when I was training were talking about doing overnights. And I was like, I love my sleep way too much. Like, I cannot spend the night at someone's house. Plus, I'm taking care of a one year old. Like, that's not possible. And we didn't have any family around. So it's not like I have a sitter. So I was like, okay, overnights are out because I don't want to do that. What about a half night? So I only ever did even to this day, I've only ever done three half night stays and the kid never woke up. Like I would be there until midnight. The baby never woke up. I went through the whole thing and I I lost like five hours of sleep, but you know, it was fine. So I was like, okay, no more, no more till midnight. So then I kind of tapered down to the big need that people want is just that first night when you're making all that change, mm-hmm. if they really want, like personal accountability, it's just bedtime routine. I mean, bedtime routine is the foundation of everything. So if I can be there to check out the kid's room, walk you through what we're about to do, go through everything, um, talk through everything, and then start with you and let the baby go through our process. I'm going to help you get the baby to go to sleep. And then I'm gone that was so good for me because then I was only gone from my home from mm-hmm. 530 to 830. And they got to go to sleep and they didn't have to have like essentially a stranger in their house until midnight. <laughs> so that was much better. And so we started offering things like that for a while. Now I don't do any in homes because I haven't really the way that our our direction of our business has gone. I don't really need to offer in homes anymore. And I, I love that I can stay home all the time and I can be with our kids all the time. So we've stopped doing those. But it was when we kind of realized like what fit me, I didn't need to look at everybody else and be like, well, what are you offering half nights? Oh, I need to offer half nights. Like, why? Yeah, I'm going to get a couple hundred more dollars, but like I'm also losing sleep. And to me, that's not worth it.
2: (laughs) Sure. I'd love to talk about that transition because you've moved from doing uh, one-on-one client work to... Uh, one to many through online courses. So I'd love to talk about that transition because I think a lot of people are interested in doing that with the services uh, that they offer. And I think it's great because you're now able to help infinitely more people than you were previously able to help. So I think a lot of people could do something similar with their service-based business. I do wanna just, again, recap some of the things that I've, I admire about your story so far. One, when you decided you wanted to do it, you just jumped in you know and mm-hmm. and so i think that there's a lot to be said for that and then you know on the same point going after clients you know i think in the beginning there's just kind of this we have to get over any sort of embarrassment that we might feel going to people i'm sure that you know on some level there there might have been rejection or maybe there wasn't maybe everybody was like oh no yeah of course i'll hire you
0: yeah i think honestly when you have something that you know is going to change somebody's life or add a lot of value to like why would you not go to them and be like I can help you now, it's different sometimes because you can't twist somebody's arm to force them. Sure, but if you know that like they're in the market, they're in the need for something and you you have something that they would want or that they would add value to their life, like why not? Why not take a chance?
2: Yeah, absolutely. and I think that's I think that's so important to remember early on, especially when you might not feel as you're starting your business that you really have the tools you know to do what what you you know you're saying you're going to do um, but if you don't believe that your service is going to change somebody's life then they're certainly not going to believe it so i really uh, appreciate that aspect of your story and again i think that just the results speak for themselves as well i mean getting out of that you know feeling like you have to as you put it be on the hunt in 4 months i mean that's a that's a really quick amount of time to i don't know get the word of mouth referrals coming in so anyways all of that to say how important do you think your one-on-one client work was in order to start a one-to-many online system? Oh
0: my gosh, super important. I honestly felt like we were ready to put out a course and we were ready to put out things like that. But there was still a part of me inside me that was like, am I good enough for this yet? Like, have I do I have enough credentials yet? Because the last thing I wanted to do was put out a, a DIY program mm-hmm. or a course and people be like, yeah, but how many people have you helped? Like, does this is really work. And I think that that, you know, I wanted enough credibility in myself and in our work. So right about the time that I had our second daughter, I already knew, I mean, I knew what to do this time. That was a, a game game changer. And like, oh, well, I know how to get a kid to sleep. Like, I've got this. And while I was going through Hattie's newborn stage, I was like, there's nothing magical that I'm doing here. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just doing my routines. I'm just doing my stuff. I should just write this out. This should just be a newborn course because this is the same. Everybody should just do this. There's nothing different. So I started to kind of like map out a newborn course at that time while taking some like newborn education classes and things like that. And then after she was kind of out of her newborn phase, I just decided to do like a, not a soft launch, but I basically did a newborn class and then recorded it. Mm -hmm. So that to me was like, that was a good transition of like, instead of just going straight from one-on-one to like, now I have courses, we did like live classes and recorded those classes and then sold those classes. And so that was huge because people really wanted that information and people were willing to come live on, um, not in person, but all over the world on our computer and, and learn together. And sure. so that was great to have that. Even feedback as I was going through teaching the modules and I'd we'd have like, Q&A time at the end and they might ask a question. I'm like, oh, I forgot to clarify that. I should go back and do that. So that was huge. And then for really babies, I honestly remember like I would fill out my calendar with like eight to 10 consults a week. And I felt like a talking head. Like I felt <laughs> like the teacher from Charlie Brown. Where I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Like I'm just, I knew my script and I was going through it in my head. And half of the time I would get off the computer and I'd be like, who did I just talk to? <laughs> like, uh, I don't even remember. I just said the same thing I said yesterday. And then when I started to have two consults a day, I was like, they can't do this. This is exhausting. Yeah. Because I am, I'm Enneagram type two. Like I, you have to be like, I, I'm all there. I'm all in for you. Like. I, you are my best friend. Like I'm here for you. I'm going to help you in every way. And that was exhausting when I like physically and emotionally couldn't be there for you. And then would honestly forget your kid's name. Like that is not somebody you want to work with if they cannot even remember who you are. So I was like, something's got to change. At the same time, we were also getting to the point where if you had a tired kid and you wanted to work with me, it really sucked to be like, great, that's $500. And you're like, Ooh, I can't afford that. So I didn't like that. I was like out pricing things and that's not fair. So it's really been, uh, last summer is when we sat down to be like, we need to change something. And we decided to go the course route to help that because I really believe that you don't have to have crazy amounts of money to get your kid to sleep. Like that's ridiculous. We say a lot of times, like, sleep is not a luxury. And I really believe that. And anybody should have access to knowledge to get their kid to sleep.
2: Yeah, yeah. And again, I think that moving to the one to many model, you're able to provide a similar service as to what you're providing at home for people who couldn't afford you. You know, and we talk about a similar idea just in having associate uh, photographers, you know, be able to reach a certain, uh, you know, base of your market without having to lower your prices, you know, because yes. you can't, you know, you you can't multiply time, you know, your time is finite. But a few things that I really appreciated, you know, through what you're saying about how you came to create online courses, one moving to kind of that live model. And I don't know, If this has been your experience as a teacher, but uh, when I was teaching high school uh, and I was writing lesson plans, especially for the first time, I was always stunned at the questions that I did not anticipate, you know, and I remember walking into kind of uh, my first couple classes, first week of school and having everything planned out and thinking that I was walking through it in a completely logical way and then getting some questions and realizing very quickly, Oh, wait, no, I really need to back up here. Or I can't believe that this is the fifth time I've heard that question today, you know, and being able to adjust for for future classes. So I assume that, you know, a lot of this really helped nail down what is now in your online courses today, just based on the different questions and people and problems that people have had.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. There's, and there was also like the level of, like you said, like you started, once you start to anticipate what people are going to say, then you do, you know how to adjust it. But there was also this weird problem that I was getting to where, I mean, sleep is, sleep is a big issue and people are really struggling with depression. They're struggling with um, their marriages and I, again, kind of when we decided to go to the courses, I knew I had a scr- an hour long script in my head. I knew what to say. I knew what to say all the time. I started making like jokes sometimes about things. And I was like, I've got to stop doing that. Like, this is really <laughs> serious. And, but I was able to, then when we turned it into the class, like kind of read off of like, okay, this does need to be serious, but there's also elements to this. Like I, I make a half joke, half like serious strategy where I always know people anticipate what should I do when we're sleep training and my kid is standing up because they just learned how to stand up and that's so great because we want to celebrate that. Like, yeah, that is great, but you can't play a game. You can't play Jack in the Box all night where you go in and you're like, sit down and they stand up and you sit down and stand up like (laughs) that's going to happen. And I always knew parents were going to ask me that between the ages of like nine to 13 months. I always knew it. So I just started saying it in every single thing. And because of those things, like you start to anticipate your questions and you put them in there, people are now saying like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe like you answered like pretty much every question I was going to have. I'm like score. <laughs> and that's what it was for. But there's also the element of like, you can't, people want to know in a course Everybody thinks that their kid is a unicorn, right? Mm -hmm. Like they really, truly believe, but like, no, my kid needs personalized help. Yeah. And I've started to say this recently, probably because I have a lot of friends now in like the creative wedding world where I'm like, you know what? There's really not much difference between each wedding, right? Or each kid. Every wedding has the same elements. You're having ceremony. You're having the first look. You're having the reception. You're having this. You're having the cake. Also all the same structure. It's the same thing for a kid. It's just some things may be slightly different. Like the family may be having, you know, just mom does nighttime or just dad does night. Like There's just very small differences, which we can account for whenever if you want one on one support, or we offer just a lot of podcasts or blogs that kind of like help you problem solve those small details. So in reality, while yes, every kid is unique, not every kid is a unicorn.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you're able to provide even more support now through courses? Because like you said, for, you know, when you're doing just all console, all one to one, you find yourself saying the same thing over and over and over again. And there's probably a certain amount of base knowledge that you need to share with everybody. You know, you, that script and then people have more, you know, personal questions. Do you feel like you're able to offer better support to people, you know, now that, okay, well, I know this person has gone through you know, these lessons in the course. And so now you don't have to cover those things. You can just, you know, dive into their specific questions.
0: Yes, a thousand percent. And you can also at the same time, you can start to learn who is not listening to sure. the, the course content. And you can be like, you know, I covered that on X page, whatever, or in this section of the course. And so we get tons of emails where people will ask a question that I'm like, oh, I know I covered that in the program. And so therefore I don't really need to be on the email to answer that. Like somebody else can answer that for me because it's yeah. part of that. But yes, it's also really powerful when people say, hey, I'm doing your six to 16 month e-coaching program, but my kid is just about to start daycare. How do I account for that. Well, that's definitely not the first time that's been asked. And you're definitely not obviously the first kid in daycare. So you should go to this podcast I have where I talk about daycare naps. So little things like that, where my, our podcasts and our blogs are definitely meant for like seasonal things or small topics, but also for just the overall maintenance. That's today's podcast even is like maintenance for a toddler, toddler kids change, you know, I mean, Jack's going to go from two to one nap and there's other things that happen with that. So we just need to be like aware of maintenance that happens as your kid grows.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I keep every time Krista or, and now you remind me that Jack's going to go from two to one naps. I'm like, no, please. No, we have his day. Perfect. <laughs> right now he goes to sleep from like 9:30 to 11. Is yeah. you know, we have in-home childcare who comes from like 11 to when he goes down for his next nap, which is around two. And mm-hmm. so basically we have a work day of like yeah. 930 to four ish. And now I'm thinking, okay, how are we going to work with childcare now? And my day's not going oh, to. I know
0: there's. It's always something. It really is. And I I talked to a mom the other day who I was like, I'm sorry, your kid just needs to stop napping because he's not falling asleep till 9 p.m. and you're giving him like a two hour nap that that can't happen anymore. And no, she was but like, that oh, happens
2: I- when they're like 15, right? Tell me that happens <laughs> like. Yeah. That's so. silly, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh and that's i guess that's probably one of the more most frustrating things is just every time you know you get in a routine i feel like okay now there's now there's some new you know he's going from this many naps to this many naps or you know whatever or the duration of the naps change or you know yes. whatever it is but but i will say the last i don't know it has to be like 6 months now having them on a consistent schedule has made just a huge difference. Anyways, I digress because we're going to talk about your podcast and some of the content that you're, you've been creating. Uh, really uh, you know, appreciate that you create content not only to market your business. So I'm assuming that the podcast and the blog help you market your business. We'll want to get into that in a second, but also answer questions that are being repeatedly asked. And I always mm-hmm. tell people, if they keep track of the questions that clients are asking them or that they're just getting you know, uh, wh- whether it be at conferences or, you know, whatever via email, they'll never run out of content to create. So, so true. can you talk a little bit about how you create content for your podcast? Why you've decided uh, to focus on a podcast instead of another medium, uh, in order to market your business it, you know, and, and also, well, let's start there. And I have, an, I have a follow-up question yeah. from there. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we start, I mean, I started out with a blog and what's actually interesting about the certification program I used is that every, every consultant got a little like thumb drive with blogs on it that like, you could tweak and you could put out and there you have like, I think it was six to eight months of content. The problem was I was like, well, that's nice. That's a nice like starting off point. That's not my words. Mm-hmm. And I also felt weird putting those things out because I didn't know that yet. Like who am I to like go out and be like, you should do blah, blah, blah when I have zero experience. So I started doing blogs in the beginning just kind of based off of like my experience some questions I was getting. And then uh, it was right about when we moved from Louisiana to Virginia. I had an 18 month old, a three week old. I was trying to do the business and I was like, Something's got to give, so I just stopped blogging. I stopped doing basically everything except for like taking some clients on, and then I was like, "Let's get back into it." Started to get back into it, and I was like, "This is really hard. I'm a better talker than a typer." So I just decided, like, "Why don't we just start doing podcasts?" Because it's super easy for me to sit down and just like blurb out content and just talk through something, and then I'm done. So we started doing that over a year ago, and it's been a huge game changer because people, when you work with their child. That's a huge element of trust to be like, here's my child, please fix them, please help them sleep. And so having the podcast instantly gave us more no like and trust because they people were listening to me and they understood what to do and they were starting to see some progress. So we rock we're still doing the podcast. We've been doing that for about, yeah, about a year and a half. And we keep it really short. I mean, the mom audience has like 15 to 20 minutes of uninterrupted, maybe drive time or like cleaning up or whatever they're doing. And so our goal is to keep it really, really short. We do have guests on occasionally. And I really try to make it just like a conversation. Like, hey, like you said, on Instagram, somebody asked this question. I'm just going to turn that into a a podcast where I'm Mm going to sit down you know, talk out what I would do. And there you go. And then once I felt like we had the podcast going, well, I was like, we need to bring the blog back because I, I do like writing. So let's yep. bring that. So now we do blog and podcast both every week, both. I try to do like kind of one baby, one toddler topic, or sometimes it is both the same. It doesn't matter, but we do, we definitely have a very different reach on our podcast and our blog, which is cool. But yeah, there's never a shortage of content. That's. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think just listening to what people are saying and what people are asking, uh, and you'll never run out of anything to uh, to create. But uh, also, uh, 100% agree about the podcast. I think a few advantages of doing a podcast, even beyond people uh, being able to hear your voice, and I think that uh, instilling uh, a little bit more trust, it, they're not quite as ubiquitous as blogs, Right. Everybody has a blog. It's just m- much harder to compete uh, to a certain extent in that space. But podcasts are just not as uh, as popular yet. And so not everybody has a podcast. And then like you said, just knowing your audience, the fact that moms probably don't have a ton of time. And by probably, I mean, I know Krista doesn't uh, to sit yeah. down. And read an article for you know fifteen minutes on a mm-hmm. uh, on a given subject because you have to devote your entire attention to reading mm-hmm. something, whereas she will listen to podcasts all day long. So yeah. I do think uh, I do think for certain audiences too, uh, they're just better suited. What about YouTube? Have you have you considered starting a YouTube channel, or getting into video? I, I would just assume that what you do would really lend itself to creating videos.
0: Yes, you, Tyler Harrington, <laughs> you're listening. This is next. Um, he has been like bugging me about that for a very long time, and I know I need and to. And it's <laughs> it is the next. And I, I actually am. I'm so. Perfectly fine to do videos. Like I'm not scared of them. I do Instagram videos like all day long. So that is like the next step that I know I need to do. There's, I mean, there's three huge things that we have on our plate. We're going to be doing. Uh, we're doing ads with you guys, yep. YouTube, and then Pinterest with Vanessa. And so we're like, okay, we've got all these three things. Like, what are we going to prioritize? Also, let's remember our life and our kids about to start kindergarten. And you know, we we possibly may be looking to move. And like, what's happening? Just moving in town, but. It's just a lot of stuff, but it's yeah. exciting. I mean, I could, pump, I could work all day long if I want to do, but I always, always, always have to remember that like, uh, kind of going back to my kids, like my kids are only this age one time, sure. you know, and I'm trying to walk that balance of like, I want to do all these things, but I also need to be here for you, you know, not need to, but like, I want to. So yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> YouTube's I <know>. coming. <laughs> I, I totally get it. And, and even if you're comfortable on video, I, d- I think that uh, producing a video just takes a lot more technical effort than a podcast or even writing a blog, you know, where yeah. uh, writing a blog you can come back to and you kind of work on it bits and pieces, uh, recording this podcast, you know, we set up some mics and we start talking and, and there you go. You have a, you have a podcast, yes. whereas with video, you know, uh, setting up the camera, you actually have to make sure that you look somewhat, right. Right, you know, decent. Yeah. And then the, the effort that goes into uh, cutting up that video. So a little bit more work for sure. But again, I do think that for what you do, it's probably going to be yeah. I, it's just going to be so helpful for people. So, uh, and you know, you're running Facebook ads. So, and yeah, we're helping you with that I, again. Uh, and I've talked about this a little bit on the uh, podcast. But started a, a separate business with Jesse Marchetto and um, Ryan Akins, uh, and we've been running ads for people. And we just started running ads for Becca, and we literally just started. So too yeah. early to talk results yet. Um, but yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll have some good news to report in in the future. Moving on from that, I do want to talk about. Uh, getting your kid to sleep? Any tips that you have for especially parents who are working at home, who are like, like new to the whole parent thing? They're kind of like us where, you know, well, I mean, we just w- were winging it. Yeah. I mean, we went through the program, you know, but even going through a program, yeah. you're never really sure what to expect next and, yeah. uh, and all of that. So what are your best tips for parents trying to get their kids on a, uh, good sleeping routine?
0: Yeah. I think just like, like y'all were sharing that you kind of have your day scheduled right now, just like we crave structure and Hey, when can I work? When can I do this? That's exactly what your kid wants. Your kid wants to know your baby, your toddler, your preschooler wants to know, when am I going to get up? When am I going to have nap? And they don't know times. No, but their body is very in tune to how much time they can be awake for and what they can have. And so, um, a couple of things, I mean, for one, When you sleep train or you're working on your child's sleep, there are a million different ways seemingly that you could train your kid. There's really not a million ways, but you can Google anything you want. So I definitely want people to always just kind of like tap into what kind of sleep philosophy they might have. And that's important because just like a style of photographer, there are styles of of sleep training. And so I would want people to understand that like, hey, if you want to have your dedicated work time and you want your kid to be sleeping independently in their crib or in their bed, great, we're a good fit. Um, I'm not for co-sleeping or things like that. And if you are, then we need to go a different direction. So it's always like that fork in the road, like, hey, sure. are you with me or are you not with me? And then if you're uh, however, wherever you go, it's all about building that structure for your kid and understanding that, you know, how old are they? How many naps do they need? What are we looking at? What are, what are the expectations? Because it's like one thing to say, okay, my kid needs, um, or they're, you know, they're on a one nap schedule. I would like them to sleep three hours. They may sleep three hours, but then they're not going to go to bed till like eight or 9 PM. Is that what you really want? So we definitely just have to be in tune to, the things that happen as your child grows, but let's make sure they have a a solid structure. I always talk about like naptime routines, bedtime routines, the same things that, you know, you and I do, and we don't even realize it. Like, how do you get ready for bed? This is what you do. How do they get ready for bed? This is what they do. But it's also, it's just very important to, to give them that structure because it's what they crave. Sure. So, that's, I mean, priority number one is, you know, implementing and, and trying to find their structure. And, and we offer all kinds of tools. If parents are listening. They're like, wait, what nap time? Like what, what is that? And when can that happen? We offer a free schedule generator and you can find that on our website or on our Instagram links, but it's, it's just important to note those things change. So, and it rapidly changes between uh, in their first year of life. Mm-hmm. So it's normal if you're working from home and you feel like every couple of months, you're like having to figure out a new routine. That's actually pretty normal sure, and go easy on yourself. But also at the same time too, with that, I mean, I worked from home. I, I mean, obviously still work from home with when our girls were babies and I couldn't work as much as I wanted to during the day. And I had to carve out that time at night. And that's why bedtime routine was so important to me. Sure, Like we need to have you guys in bed by seven or by six 30 so I can work in the evening. And it does sound radically crazy to have your kid go to bed like six thirty seven, But again, most babies and toddlers that I work with, actually pretty much all of them need 11 to 12 hours of sleep. And wouldn't you love to have that time? And so it's not selfish, especially if you do work from home and you feel like, but I don't get time with my kid as much as I want to. I should have, I should have evening time with them. It's selfish of me to want them to go to bed. No, it's not selfish of you. It's what they need. And it's what you need. So, so many different little things in there, but you know, it's always just, uh, helpful to recognize that they crave routine, they crave structure, and they do want to go to sleep. We just have to give them the opportunity to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's going to be so liberating for, for people to hear. I think one of the challenges for, for us, or at least for me is, is recognizing the, the transition time coming up, you know, we'll get in a really good routine. We've been in a really good routine for months now, but now we're starting to get the sense just Jack's waking up a little bit earlier from his, his first nap. It's a lot harder for him to go down for his second nap and trying to I guess, making the change, you know, or being worried, are we making this too, too early? You know, is it really something else? He's 14 months now.
0: Oh yeah. He's totally good. He can go to one nap.
2: Are you sure? Are you sure it's (laughs) not another six months?
0: But the beauty of that is that you, we would want like two to two and a half hours of like a solid nap, which is so awesome.
2: Yeah. But it's just how (laughs) it breaks up the day right now. It's so perfect because we can get childcare in the middle of the day for like three hours. And it gives us a close to an eight-hour day. You know what I'm saying? Whereas now, if you have it, you know, if he's taking a nap in the middle of the day, I guess we might still be able to get that if we have it start, you know, first thing or or childcare start first thing. But still, it's not as easy, I think, getting childcare. First thing yeah. in the morning, you know. Anyways, here I am, just talking about my.
0: <laughs> no, but childcare when you work from home, like that is. And, and I, I listened to a ton of podcasts, and one of them recently was talking about you know delegating and hiring, not just for like your own business, but for your life. Mm-hmm. And somebody suggested like two years ago because I was complaining um, about how like overworked I was and I don't have time and blah, blah blah. And they were like, Have you ever thought to hire like what's called basically like a mother's helper? Like it's a middle school girl who comes over after school and watches your kids from three to six. And I was like, that's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And we live in a huge neighborhood with like all kinds of people. And so I just put on our neighborhood Facebook group, like, Hey, anybody have like a seventh or eighth grade girl who can come over and play with my girls. And we did that for like eight months it was amazing because I was all tapped out by 3 p.m. of playtime and she came over and she's like this bright, shining, wonderful face <laughs> to play with my girls and I could go work and it was the best thing in the world. So there's always like creative ways that you can get with your kids. But yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just how much I've loved our current, you know, routine. I know. I know. That it's just a little discouraging to see it uh, changing again. Uh, but again, I can't Kristen, in the very beginning, she was like, hey, let's, you know, pay for this sleep program. And I was like, no, like, why? Why would we do that? People for millions of years have figured this out. Like, we can figure this out. But fortunately, she just did it anyways. And I can't tell you, like, I waited to go through it until when Jack was born. I think it took me about like 3.5 seconds to realize, oh, wait, I actually do need somebody to show me how to do all this. And yeah. then, uh, watching it work. And I was just thinking, this is amazing. I would have paid thousands of dollars for this, you know? Yeah. And, um, so, so it ended up being, uh, so worth it. And it really has given us a lot of sleep back when just in general, I think that there's a lot of sleepless nights, even when you're doing it well in that first year for your first kid. So it has been a huge lifesaver, but I want to do, I guess, two things. Where can people follow along and learn more about you? And then where can people also, you know, those people who are, you know, new parents or expecting Where can they find more information about your programs?
0: Yeah, so you can definitely follow me on either Facebook or Instagram at Little Z Sleep on Instagram, super, super active there. And we do Q&A every Tuesday um, to just go through as many questions as possible. Um, And it's really important to me that on Instagram, we make it very, very like connecting to what people are actually doing. And so you'll constantly see like people actually talking about their success with the program and sharing what they're going through. So that's important to me because Instagram is so personal. I love that. And Facebook as well. If people are interested in any of our courses or learning more, getting any of our free guides, it's uh, littlezsleep.com. You can find everything you need there.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you for sharing a little bit about the, uh, or a lot of bit about the business stuff. And then also helping me work through, you know, (laughs) (laughs) our current uh, nap conundrum right now. So just (laughs) thank you for your time this morning.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com.